0: Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com.
1: Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. There's Charles W. Chuck Bryant. Have you noticed that Jerry has a more aggressive countdown since we're shooting video now? Yeah, we're shooting video now. Yeah. For those of you not watching and just listening,
0: like old school.
1: Yeah. We uh, we have these on, on video
0: potentially. Yeah. Jerry's aggressively counting down now. Yeah. He just yelled at us, three, two, one.
1: And I keep, you know, we do two of these uh, at a time. Yeah. Um, and I always bring a shirt, and I always forget to change into it.
0: Like I Oh, yeah. You have not change it. You know, yeah, no. yeah.
1: I feel like a jerk. No, oh, well. No, I
0: did change once, the first time. <clears throat> well, today you have on your uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000 shirt. I sure do. Shout out to Kevin and Bill. Yeah. Guys, if
1: you're listening, <laughs> you know everybody. Mike, Joel, anybody yeah, that's who true. ever had anything to do with that show, TV's Frank, who's now a successful tweeter. Yeah, I don't know if you follow him. No, he's a, he's pretty liberal.
0: You know, Joel went out and did his own thing as well. Like they're both yeah doing similar versions of their previous job. Oh, what is it? Cinematic
1: Titanic. Yeah, is Joel's, and, and then, then riff no. tracks is Mike's. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm well aware. You know, um, R- Robert Lamb interviewed joel hodgson oh yeah on uh and there's like a really awesome lengthy blog interview on the stuff to blow your mind blog cool check it out yeah so that's the intro for um (laughs) commercial jingles which is what we're talking about that's right um i really don't have anything except chuck have you ever heard of a little uh songwriter named lynn duddy nope i hadn't either uh, apparently, Lynn Duddy wrote the I Love Bosco jingle, which I've never heard before. But it's listed as a, a famous jingle. So I feel like I'm missing out. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know half of these, actually. The I Love Bosco jingle, that's the one that we list? What's with this?
0: <clears throat> and Barry Manilow wasn't in here. No,
1: which, let's just
0: get that out of the way. Yeah. Manilow,
1: who I love. Sure. You, yeah. and I have seen him, Front Row Center in Vegas. Yeah. It was an awesome show. Did He, he looks a little scary now. Uh, I, 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 he's a great
0: guy. I don't know if i want front row is all I'm saying.
1: He, uh, it was cool. He said something to me. I had to go to the bathroom and I like went and left in the middle of one of the songs. And while he was singing, didn't miss a beat. He says to my back, don't leave now. It gets better. And then just heard? like went into the song. Yeah. And he was like, <laughs> oh. Barry Manilow just wow. talked to Josh. Yeah. Did you cool. hear it? Did you know it was? No, I didn't hear. I oh, came okay. back and she was still like, Oh my God, did you hear? <laughs> Wow. Yeah. But Barry Manilow, in addition to his incredible singing career, also is um, one of the better um, commercial jingle writers of all time.
0: Yeah. Performed and co-wrote jingles like Like a Good Neighbor, State Farm is there. That's a big one, man. They're still using that. Stuck on the Band-Aid, because the Band-Aid stuck on me. That's huge. Uh, Grab a Bucket of Chicken. I haven't heard that one. Grab a Bucket of Chicken. It was like 70s. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that was for KFC, obviously. And uh, you deserve a break today at McDonald's. Yeah. Big one. Yeah. And he apparently recently did one for Dodge.
1: I saw. I haven't oh, yeah? heard it either, yeah.
0: Uh Randy Newman, obviously. He writes whatever pays the most. Right. <laughs> he wrote a bunch back in the day. And then this guy, Jim Brickman, who uh made quite a name for himself with ads like, We Are Flintstones Kids. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: For The Vitamins. Mm-hmm. I used to love those, but um, every once in a while, my mom would just buy the cheaper knockoff ones. Yeah. And the difference in taste oh, was I'm sure. awful. So there was this spell where, like, uh, she would find, like, sticky knockoff Flintstone vitamins, <laughs> like, in my Lincoln logs. Yeah. Just stuck to <laughs> things because I'd just be like, bleh. Uh, it would stick to yeah <laughs> Yeah. I'd, I'd <laughs> just put it in my Lincoln logs because I, I guess throwing it away was too difficult. Yeah. that's pretty good. But yeah.
0: And then, of course, Lynn Duddy. And Lynn Duddy. And Brickman's other big one was uh, GE. We bring good things to light. Do
1: you know how rich these people must be
0: if they had even just a halfway decent agent? Well, it points out in this article, I don't know if it's still the case, but if you wrote the jingle, you own the rights to it. I know. I don't know if that's still, it seems like it should be. I guarantee you Manilow owns the rights to the ones that he wrote. He didn't need the tour.
1: No. But he still does, although he likes to cancel once in a while. He just came. I had tickets for his Atlanta show. Oh, and really? He just canceled it. Canceled. I'm not playing. Sorry. Huh. Days are off.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, that's pretty lame. Yeah, I thought so, too. Well, I hope he's all right. I was really into Barry Manlow when I was a kid. I know. For someone who ended up being, like, fairly cool with my music taste. <laughs> hey, I've got <laughs> great music <laughs> taste, too, and I love Manlow. Oh, yeah. No, I'm just saying. All right. Let's get into
1: this. Okay, so, Chuck, what is a commercial jingle? It's one of these things that, you know, you, anybody can define it, but it's actually a little specific.
0: Uh, yeah. Well, it is a song or a snippet All right. um, of a hopefully memorable melody written about a product. Right. And that's the original jingle. We'll get into how it's changed over the years. Right.
1: So, um it can have just about anything in it like a slogan like like a good neighbor state farm is there yeah it can have a phone number like 800 588 2300
0: empire
1: today yeah good going um it can have uh, call letters like nbc
0: yeah that is um i looked into that that is what they now call audio branding or an audio logo okay um like the sound your computer makes when you open it oh yeah You know, Apple has theirs, PCs have theirs, or the ding, ding, ding from NBC, like you just said. Mm -hmm. But that's a big business now. Or Um, a CBS, (laughs) that jingle.
1: Like, who can ever get rid of that one once it's in your head?
0: Uh, But that's a new thing. Like, that's even more specific now than jingles are what they call audio branding. Man, every time I hear the word branding, a little piece of me dies. Um, But the dude from the Human League, remember that band? Yeah, yeah. He has a company now that's, like, getting rich doing this. Oh, yeah? Yeah, basically, it's a little more complex than a jingle because they're trying to capture, like, the essence of your brand with a few notes, maybe. Mm -hmm. Or, in the case of, like, an LG dryer, instead of hearing, "Ah!" at the (laughs) end, it plays this little melody. It's like, laundry's done? No. (laughs) What is that? Uh, No, it's a little melody, like a little dinging Chiming melody. Who
1: did, who was it that wrote the Yahoo one? Yahoo.
0: Oh man, who was that? We
1: were just talking about that recently. Oh, it was the guy who wrote, uh,
0: oh man, I can't remember. Sorry. Oh well. Somebody write in. It was in a previous podcast. Yeah. That's less than two months old. <laughs> yeah. It's
1: all gone now.
0: <laughs> yep. Uh, alright, so anyway, that's audio branding,
1: but, Oh oh, we left out one other uh, one other part of a jingle. It can also
0: tout the benefits of a product. Yeah, especially back in the day, that was huge. Like you'll wonder
1: where the yellow went when you brush your teeth with pepto Really?
0: You're not familiar? No. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: I remember the Crest um the Crest patrol. Yeah. We make holes in teeth. Remember that? No. The the oh man, I'm, I wish I would look this stuff up. In the 70s there was the the cartoon of the Crest. I remember that. Yeah, and then there were the 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 Yuck mouse who were the the bad people in that. I don't remember the that. The enemies were the ones we make holes in teeth Oh, okay. and that's who the cavity creeps. I know the cavity creeps. Nice. Wow. All right, I'm firing on all cylinders. You now. know, um
1: <laughs> I remember being in like 3rd grade I think and we got a bunch of promotional materials from the Crest Patrol and it included a play of which I was I think a toothbrush. Oh, really? Talk talk about infiltrating schools. Yeah, seriously. Like we put on a play about the Crest Patrol (laughs) in school. Wow, that is weird. It's a little weird. So, Chuck, Jingles, they've been around since the Egyptians, as I understand it. That is not true. Um, Technically, it is true because the Egyptians were around in the
0: 1930s. (laughs) Funny guy. Christmas Eve 1926, they have credited the... um, the Wheaties Quartet was singing about the Wheaties breakfast cereal as being <laughs> the first appropriately enough. first ever jingle. Um and apparently Wheaties was in pretty bad shape and they're even gonna get rid of it right. until they noticed that in markets where they were playing this song on the radio, Wheaties picked up and they said, Hey, maybe this jingle's maybe it's got something to it. And they probably didn't call it a jingle at the time. Yeah. Um and then they put it nationwide and Wheaties was saved. Yeah. Did you listen to it?
1: No. Is it pretty bad?
0: No, it's great. It sounds like the B-Sharps. You know, it's a barbershop quartet. It sounds like Baby on Board. Yeah. Except they're singing about Wheaties.
1: So that whole Wheaties thing is pretty well established, but some still dispute it, and it depends on how you look at um, what a jingle is, Yeah. um, whether that's the first one or not. But there's a song that was written in 1905 called In My Merry Oldsmobile. By like Gus Edwards and uh, Vincent Bryan. And I didn't realize that people were named Vincent back in like 1905. Does that seem like a modern name to you? It seems more like 1940s to 1970s maybe. Huh.
0: Maybe. You know there's a website that charts uh, popularity of names in a graph. I believe that. I bet you Vincent's pretty low back then.
1: Um, but those two guys made In My Mary Oldsmobile and Oldsmobile used it in the 30s. But it wasn't Originally recorded or written for Oldsmobile to use, I think the guys just really like their Oldsmobile. Oh, really? And so um, the author of this this article, Tim Faulkner, points out that uh, you probably more accurately call it the first pop song licensed for commercial use. Oh, okay, that makes more sense. Now. So it's technically not a jingle. So the Wheaties Quartet still stands. Right. Christmas Eve, nineteen twenty-six, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Is there any place more desolate than? <laughs> hey, it worked. Yeah. 'Cause we still have Wheaties today. So the whole reason jingles came about too is because you know I'm all about my like nineteen thirties consumer history. Yeah. And like in in the thirties, like consumer protection was like way stronger and one of the things was direct advertising was very strict.
0: That's so funny now. Yeah. like it's so, like, no holds barred now.
1: You know, Australia is, like, going to town, uh, like, preventing direct marketing to kids. Oh, really? Yeah, they're really protecting their kids. Oh, cool. It is very cool. Plus um, beer. You can only market beer. <laughs> right, exactly.
0: <laughs> Do you remember when there used to be, like,
1: cigarette ads? And oh, yeah. Cuddy Sark
0: ads and yeah. things like that? it's funny to look through, uh, if you go, like, to uh, antique places and they have Old Life magazine mm-hmm. stuff, you just look through the ads and it's like... Happy people slowly killing themselves. <laughs> right. With merits. Yep. Um, so, But in, in
1: the 30s, like if you wanted to get an ad on the radio, you pretty much had to buy some time. Yeah. Like a half hour or an hour and put on a program. And hence we have things like the King Biscuit Flower Hour. Oh, yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, or the uh, General Motors um, car thriller mysteries. Right. You know? Whatever. And at first, I think it was really boring and dull and dumb, and they figured out that consumers were a little more savvy and were not really willing to share their time yeah. for something that's just an ad, like an infomercial. Right. So they they started to make things like The Shadow and The yeah. Um. and they they made them so they could advertise, but eventually it gave us radio programming and then ultimately TV programming, yeah. as we understand it today, we're basically born out of this desire to advertise to radio listeners in the 30s. Pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Um, and I didn't realize this, or I, I realize, I guess, but it's just hard to imagine these days because it's so, advertising is so all over the place. Mm-hmm. But back then, you had direct-to-consumer sales, one-on-one. You go to a store or you have a traveling salesman come to your house right. to sell a vacuum cleaner or whatever. And uh, the ads back in the day uh, kind of bore that out. They were basically real matter-of-fact and kind of dry and really just bullet-pointed bullet, bullet pointed how our product is better than the other. Right, exactly. It was very boring, very dry. Like our spats are better than our competitor's spats because they're made
1: <laughs> with um, virgin baby goat skin. <laughs> That's right.
0: But with the popularity of radio, uh, things changed and they realized that jingles – Uh, could make a real impact, you know. And they did.
1: Because it's music. As the Wheaties Quartet proved pretty early on, um, and just right out of the gate, people started really paying attention to this, and they brought the field of psychology in, and psychology started cranking out books that basically guided advertisers and companies on how to reach these audiences, like who's listening when, and like how to talk to them, and... um, yeah, but it, they it just basically exploded overnight and it was all largely thanks to the jingle.
0: Yeah, and you know, the early on and I think it still holds true today if you want to be a successful jingle, it's got to be very simple. Yeah. You got to have a repetition. Yeah. Um you got to have rhyming is good. It cause is. It helps stick in your head a little more. And before you know it, it's become part of your consciousness for like life. Yeah. Like they point out here in the article, the Oscar Mayer, uh baloney song. Mm-hmm. Like anyone who grew up in the 70s can sing that word for word today, unless you just weren't paying attention as a kid. Do you want to sing a little of it? Well, no. Do you? No. <laughs> My baloney has a first name. Mm-hmm. It's O-S-E-A-R. Yeah. And the plop, plop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it is. Like right. These things get burned into the collective consciousness, basically. Or um,
1: Costanza. <laughs> What's that?
0: From Seinfeld, remember,
1: like George gets a girlfriend because he uh, he associates his name with that by Menon. Oh, really? But he goes Costanza, and the the the, the woman doesn't even like him, but she can't get him out of her head because that (laughs) Costanza's in there, which you would call an earworm. Yeah, which we've talked about. It feels like before, right?
0: I think so, but we may as well talk about the ohrverm. Is that Mm -hmm. how you pronounce it in German? It's ohrverm. Yeah. And uh, everyone knows it, uh, what an earworm is. It's when it, a song or a part of a song gets stuck in your head. Uh, sometimes inexplicably. Inexplicably? <laughs> inexplicably. Something weird got stuck in your head. <laughs> like you wake up in the morning and the song is in your head. Yeah. You hadn't heard it in weeks, months, years, who knows, but it's just there. And they don't really know how it works either.
1: No, but a couple of
0: uh, very smart guys in the 70s.
1: Uh, got together. Their names were Alan Badley and Graham Hitch, and they, um, I think, they're responsible for coming up with the idea of the working memory. Badley and Hitch
0: sounds like a '70s pop group. More it than does. It sounds like researchers. Well, they
1: went on to write the hustle. Okay, um, but the uh, Badley and Hitch first, um, I guess, have investigated working memory, and they came up with this thing called the um, f- the phonological loop. Yeah. Right, which is. An earworm Mm -hmm. or a snippet of music or a a sentence, whatever. It's running around. You can almost see it tracing this track in your head Mm -hmm. over and over again. That's the phonological loop, and it's made up of two parts. Right? The phonological store, which is your inner ear, which hears it, Mm -hmm. and then the articulatory rehearsal system, which is you driving yourself totally insane. By saying it over and over again. Yeah, repeating it. It's how we learn to talk, right? Yeah, or learn a foreign language. Um, And they think that this phonological um, loop is basically an earworm hitching a ride on this neurological process that we have naturally and basically exploiting it for commercial (laughs) purposes.
0: Wow. Happens more in women, supposedly. Yeah. More in musicians, supposedly. And uh, if you have OCD it might really present a problem with you.
1: That was a really good episode of ours, if you ask me.
0: OCD? Mm-hmm. I remember, no, you talked about uh, David Sedaris licks light switches, <laughs> yeah. I think. Yeah, in his book he did. I don't know if that's real. Yeah. I think it is, though. Um, how to get rid of an earworm. There's all kinds of things you can try, like actually hearing the song in full. Um,
1: like um, if you can't get uh, call me maybe out of your head right just go listen to call me maybe
0: uh sometimes singing it yourself all the way through can do it you could sing call me maybe you could vanquish it from your mind yeah but there's really no surefire way that those are just little tricks yeah i heard someone say something about listening to rush we'll get rid of it rush limbaugh oh was that what it was because yeah. <laughs> you just get so mad right um pr- uh who's professor Kalaris?
1: so he's the one who's Basically, he's a University of Cincinnati professor. He's in the Earworm article. Oh, okay. And he has dedicated his career to basically exploring earworms, figuring out how to, <laughs> how they work, Is why a they work. Is field? Um, I think he's made a name for himself in it. All right. He appears in not one, but two How Stuff Works articles, so yeah, true. he's arrived.
0: Uh, so what he's done um, through surveys, he said it's obviously... All up to the person is very individual as far as what songs get stuck in your head. Mm-hmm. But he put together through some surveys uh, what he calls the playlist from hell. And I would have to agree. <laughs> uh, well, I'd like to see this updated because it's a little dated. A little bit. I mean, I'm sure that
1: one, uh, Party Rock, has got to be at the top of the list. I don't know that one. Party Rock is in the house tonight. I don't know that at all. The, you're, there's, it's literally impossible that you have not heard Party Rock. Is it a song? Yes. I have not heard it. I will play it for you. And you'll be like, oh, okay. Is it like a pop song? Yeah. It's not a commercial. It's everything. It's inescapable. <laughs> it is the alpha and the omega. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it's just not possible you haven't heard it.
0: All right. Uh, but his playlist from hell includes, uh, the Baby Beck Ribs Chili's Jingle, which yeah. we won't even say out loud. <laughs> uh, the Baja Men's Who Let the Dogs Out. That's a good one. Queen's We Will Rock You. That's another good one. That's a good one, but I don't, I don't know, that doesn't strike me as particularly earwormy.
1: Yeah, I can see. Yeah. It.
0: Um, Give Me a Break. It's a good one too. that Kit Kat bar. Uh, the Mission Impossible theme. I think it's funny that this is on here because I had an experience with that uh, when I lived in New Jersey. It was when I think the first Mission Impossible movie came out and YouTube 2 did the mm-hmm. update mm-hmm. of the theme. That thing was stuck in my head for like three days. I was walking around just going, dun, dun, yeah. dun, dun. And like, coming up crazy. on corners really quick <laughs> yeah. and like
1: looking around doing a tuck and roll. It was crazy. So it didn't surprise me to see that on here. YMCA, there's nothing wrong with that. That's I kind of like this playlist. I wouldn't call it from hell. I'd call it maybe from heck at best. Okay. <laughs> um, I, now, I do hate um, The Lion Sleeps Tonight. Oh, I hate that song.
0: I think that's probably on there for the, the very famous. The Weem Away. Uh, yeah. Uh, Whoop! There It Is by Tag Team. Another and, good song. Uh, it's a Small World. I guess that one, because you go to Disney World and you just hear it over yeah. and over and over. Um,
1: What ride is that? It's a Small World? Is that the name of the ride, too? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> it's been a while, but yeah. So... Um, there's still plenty of jingles out there and I'm trying to think of a, of a new jingle. Um, Well, they're,
0: they're all over, um, sports radio. Oh yeah. Because I listen to a lot of sports talk and me and my lead guitarist, Eddie, who you know, and cheapo. Eddie Vedder. (laughs) No, Eddie Cooper. Uh, we have been joking around about doing, um, like a medley of, of radio jingles oh, in, yeah. in our set. yeah. Because if you listen to sports radio, man, it's like the same ones. Over... Well, like what? Well, looky, 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 Here Comes Cookie. Oh, yeah. Cook's Pest Control. Uh, alarm Force. I haven't heard that one. Alarm Force. Big <laughs> I haven't one. heard that one. Uh, oh, man, I can't think of them. But, yeah, I mean, there's just like, if you listen to any kind of sports radio, it's like the same ones. Over...
1: The ad that always sticks out to me when I think of like sports radio or talk radio is that one guy who's, he's like a... Uh, trying to sell like some sort of um, refi, like he's a refinance guy. He's like, it's the biggest no-brainer in the history of oh, Earth. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that guy. <laughs> I love that guy.
0: Or if you've heard, and this isn't even a jingle, but a full-on song, have you heard any of the Bluebell ice cream commercials?
1: Mm-mm, I don't know. It's pretty great. How does it go?
0: Oh, I mean, they're all different, but it, it's all like this guy singing about, like, you know, Country morning and oh, yeah. the sound of uh, birds chirping and yeah. it's like the the sound of coming home is what you taste when you eat bluebell ice cream. Right, it's pretty funny. Which is a lie. <laughs> um, but like you said, they sort of have gone out of fashion a little bit, at least from the heyday, even though they're still around.
1: Yeah, they still they are viewed somewhat as hokey. I think if you stop and think about a commercial jingle or the concept of a jingle, yeah it's hokey even though you probably have 500 of them in your head that you could recall at any moment exactly but yes if you are say um, the company responsible for running vw's advertising campaign you're probably not going to use a commercial jingle you're right. going to go the other route yeah which is to appropriate a pop song
0: yeah and in a vw's case they use nick drake which Great one. The song Pink Moon.
1: Yeah, that's how I came to find out who Nick Drake was.
0: That's how a lot of people came to find out. And that's what the article points out is a lot of times they can resuscitate careers. Yeah. Although in his case he passed away. But uh, he definitely like was way more popular after that commercial than he was before.
1: Yeah. Um, Stereolab was also VW. Yeah. Uh, uh, who else? Well, um, I don't think they needed any help, but it was like a perfect fit. The um, Polyphonic Spree. Oh, yeah. They had their, I can't remember the name of the song. It was like their huge, huge hit. Um, That was on a VW commercial, like when VW first came out with the new Beatle. Hey, and shout out to uh, Toby, right? Yeah, Toby. He was in the Polyphonic Spree. He's shooting a feature film right now.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. In uh, Louisiana. Like, he's shooting it. Yeah, Toby's a friend of uh, Josh and Yumi's who was in the Polyphonic Spree. Yeah, he played Theremin. And now he is a, oh, did he really? Yep. I don't think I knew that. Yeah, he was
1: like, uh, friends with a couple of them and said, Hey, you know, uh, I, I want to be in the band. What do you need? And they're like, uh, how about theremin? And back then, anyone could be in the spree. And spree. It was huge. It yeah. was extensive. Um, and he went out and bought a theremin and taught himself how to play it and came back and was like, Oh, I don't want to be in. He like went to Japan. Um, That's crazy. like toured the world with the, with the spree for a while. That's what
0: the spree. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. Now he's making a movie now.
1: Yeah. Well, he, you know, they had that short. Yeah, that he produced one. with a South by Southwest. Yeah,
0: starring Bonnie Prince Billy. That right. That was amazing.
1: Now they're into something else. It's like a feature film. Same
0: same company. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, anyway, pop songs. <laughs> Getting back to that. Uh, they credit the Beatles' um, 1987 Nike mm-hmm. commercial uh, when Nike famously used Revolution. Do you remember that? Yeah. It's kind of starting this whole new wave of mm-hmm. let's use... Like pay a lot of money to use really popular songs, because it's not enough anymore. You can't just say our brand is better than yours. You like, you want to identify your brand with a, uh, a, the public consciousness and a lifestyle. Right.
1: Like um, uh, that Cat Stevens song "Wind of My Soul" and like the Timberland ad. That kind of struck me as the same thing too. Great song. Where it's like, put these shoes on, and you will automatically. Yeah, I'm surprised he went for
0: that. I am too. I'd like to look into that. I wonder if he doesn't have the rights. It doesn't seem like something he would do. There's no way he doesn't have the rights to the
1: song. Yeah, that's true. But um, it is kind of, you You raise a point, like it is surprising that he would have gone for that. But apparently if you work on artists long enough or just wait for them to grow old and need money, <laughs> they uh, will eventually cave. Yeah, like or
0: sting. Yeah, he didn't need the money, but. Who, sting? Nah, I doubt if he did it because he needed the money. He's or loaded.
1: Yeah, I guess that's right. He has a castle.
0: He did it for a reason, though,
1: and it was probably money. (laughs) Um, So in the 80s, when Sting was still... Because, you know, the police started out as a punk band. Yeah. Um, And in the 80s, it was post-punk, but Sting still thought of himself as a pretty cool dude. Sure. And apparently, I don't know the company, but they approached Sting and said, Hey, we want to use Don't Stand So Close To Me for our deodorant commercial. (laughs) Awful idea. It's a terrible idea. And he, he very wisely said, No way. But then Jaguar said, Hey... You know this terrible Desert Rose thing you have going on? We want to use that for our ag campaign. Right. And Sting said, way.
0: Right. <laughs> Cheers to that. Yeah. Uh, and that's a big, you know, bands get accused of selling out. Uh, less these days, I think, because especially smaller bands, you, you just, you know, you people think music is free now. So they're not making money selling records <laughs> like right. they used to. Yeah. They break even on tours, these small bands. So... I like. I've done a 180. I used to think like I oh, don't sell out, but now I'm like, dude, make whatever money you can while you can. Yeah. Uh, I know Band of Horses, one of my favorite, and Jerry's favorites. Um, they were kind of taken to the mat by some of their fans because they did uh, they licensed their movie to Chevy, and the dude uh, Ben Bridwell came out and was like, No, you know what? I, I drive a Chevy. It's old. And maybe now I can get the AC fixed. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> you know, he drives an old pickup truck, and he's like, what's what's the problem? Yeah. Like, we're trying to make a little dough here. Yeah. And uh, it's a product I believe in.
1: Yeah. You know, um, the, that part in the movie, The Doors, mm-hmm. where, like, Jim Morrison is, like, off on, like, whatever for a while and comes back and sees that, like, um, Light My Fire's been oh, used that's in right. a Chevy commercial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like the, the Ray... Conif singers or something yeah. doing it and he's like it's a catchy tune and then well, starts
0: breaking stuff. <laughs> that brings up my my biggest pet peeve today. Okay. Is this new thing and it's not super new because they've been doing it, but it's like worse than it's ever been. When they will take a great classic song mm-hmm. and bastardize it and have some like lady session singer come in and sing like satisfaction by the Rolling Stones mm-hmm. but in a different way and talking about being like satisfied with your you know your new car right and it's just it's all over the place now and it's just the worst like I would rather hear someone license their real song than hear them remake it with some awful session singer and change the words to fit their product you know sure. what I'm saying
1: but then that corporation would take the Ben Bradwell stance and Ben, be, yeah. ben, ben what Bridwell. Ben Bridwell stands and be like, hey, man, we've got to make our quarterly earnings. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know? No, or, it's not true. I was being totally <laughs> facetious. That doesn't count. It's not the same thing.
0: Or the other thing now that, um, like, the Black Keys are suing Pizza Hut right now because what companies will do and Tom Waits is sue people a bunch of times. Like, every other year he sues someone because mm-hmm. they'll go in and they'll say, give us something, Tom Waitsy. Mm or boy, listen to "Gold on the Ceiling" by the Black Keys. Can you do something like that? Mm-hmm. And these, you know, dudes that write these songs basically rip them off. And the Black Keys are watching Pizza Hut, and they're like, "Wait a minute, that's my song." Yeah, in a different, slightly different way, selling pozones. And so we're going to see you and take you to court. And that's when they get in court and like compare them side by side. And
1: well, you know, Ray Parker Jr. famously yeah th- yeah got messed up because he apparently ripped off I Need a New Drug, the Huey Lewis song. That's right. Did and he? I never really heard it and then finally I it, it clicked and I was right. like, oh wow, that is really sick. Did he settle? He lost. I oh, don't know lost. if he settled or what, but he definitely lost that case.
0: Uh, I guess finally we should talk a little bit about product placement <clears throat> because... Yeah. Um, well,
1: we had a whole product placement episode. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah.
0: Well, obviously with TiVo and DVRs now, people are speeding through commercials so you are going to find some product placement in your shows mm. quite possibly our own even yeah <laughs> it happens but um there are better ways than others to do it and if you want a good laugh go to the youtube mm-hmm. and google soap opera yeah. cereal yeah and um just watch it's great that's all i'm gonna say
1: I-, I watched that the other day
0: yeah did you yeah it's so funny and awful
1: it's just there it's colossally bad yeah but it's so bad that like it's earned a place in the pantheon of pop culture now. So it did yeah, its job. Let's turn in some.
0: Yeah, I bet you there's a lot of hits on that on YouTube. Yeah. People a lot a of hits. It's... Honey, what are you doing? Just having some delicious Honey Nut Cheerios. Yeah. Boy, these things are really packed in fiber in there. The thing is, it's like
1: a seven-minute long scene. Yeah, it, it was made, awful. like They just started talking about Cheerios the whole time. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. funny. Um, and there was a little product placement right there for you, Cheerios. So it was all over the place. Bonus. No, I mean just now.
0: No, but I'm saying, geez, all we did was talk about brands. Oh, yeah. Trouble.
1: Cook's Pest Control owes us a check.
0: <laughs> yeah, we just come by and get the termites out of my house. That'd be <laughs> nice. I want a check.
1: um let's see if you want to learn more about commercial jingles you can type those words into the search bar at howstuffworks.com and i said
0: search bar which means it's time for listener mail uh i'm gonna call this remember you asked for good uh good causes in the white collar crimes yeah this one's from Athens, georgia oh hey so it made the cut i've been there uh love the show guys and now a segue into a shameless plug right to the point yeah for a nonprofit in Athens, Georgia, I represent Free IT Athens, FRIDA. Uh, it's an all-volunteer um, nonprofit, and it is a grassroots organization dedicated to reclaiming discarded technology like computers, mm-hmm. refurbishing it, and distributing it to those in need. That's awesome. That's great. It makes perfect sense, too. I think, in fact, I have some old stuff I could donate. You know, there's gold in there. There's like all
1: sorts of rare earths and precious metals that, like, if you the bind them, like a bunch of computers, you'd have a little gold nugget. Really? Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe I'll do that instead.
0: Yeah. Uh, we serve mostly low income populations that cannot afford the latest and greatest technology. Uh, we also aim to reduce e waste uh, through computer reuse and responsible recycling. Mm-hmm. We are currently in need of working laptops for a volunteer program. I know uh, a whole room full of them. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, laptops are distributed to volunteers that complete our computer refurbishing program. We are interested in laptop computers that have been made within the last five years with little to no damage. Uh, donating your computer can change someone's life. And I imagine you can write that stuff off.
1: You know, we really should see what they're going to do with this. See if we can That's get into this, guys.
0: Donating can change someone's life. I already said that. <laughs> but it can really change someone's life. No. no uh, petition. Financial donations are also welcome. Uh, so you can visit www.freeitathens.org. And thank you so much, guys. That is from Joel Isler in Athens. Thanks, Joel. Appreciate that. That is a very good cause. We'll
1: see if we can help. Heck if, yeah. If not, or in addition to, hopefully, there's a lot of uh, listeners in the Athens and Atlanta area that can help. Agreed. Or maybe people can mail them from all over. I'm sure you could. Or just
0: go there and uh, give them a little cash. Give them 10 bucks.
1: Oh, yeah. You could do that, too. Mm-hmm. What was it? Uh, FreeITAthens.org. That's right. Nice. Um, if you have a commercial jingle, we want to hear it. Send us a link. Sure. Some great forgotten commercial jingle. We want to hear about it. Um, you or can, the worst one ever. Yeah. Let's just start talking about this. Let's yeah. get a conversation going. <laughs> uh, you can tweet to us at SYSK Podcast. You can join us on Facebook.com slash know, And you can send us an email to podcast at discovery dot com.
0: For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com dot com.